Dad, Dad, I'm calling you. All right, Dad, can you hear me? Right, you can hear me now. God knows what was happening there. You're right. Um, we're just recording our podcast. All right, so I'll give you a call back. Cool, excellent. All right then. Well, I'll give you a call when we're finished. All right. Take care then. Speak to you soon. Love you then. Bye. Bye. Hello everyone and welcome to episode three. It's lovely to have you with us again today. It's It's sunny outside. It's really sunny. We've moved our location so that we can now get a little bit of sun. I have to say is that uh, when we release this podcast, my daughter, um, who's 13, and a bunch of her friends, um, some of them have listened to it, and one of them said to me, please don't ever go into politics and religion. So what are we going to do today? We're going to go into politics. Go to politics. I don't quite know if we're delving into religion, but we'll definitely do politics. Look, as I've stated before, we're not experts, okay? If you want a Brexit chat, go to Brexit Cast. If you want a politi- political expert, watch Newsnight. This is a, yeah, This is like the... This is just our take on it. Um, we had so European elections as well this week, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And um, Keir and I thought for the, um, you know, to try and get some interesting content going, we would go to a local, it's not a rally, was it? It was just like a meeting. But yeah. we could only find the Liberal Democrats doing a meeting in the local area. We couldn't find a Conservative or a Labour one, which... I was quite surprised about because, you know, this is quite a heavily mm. conservative area. You would have thought that maybe they're just arrogant of the fact that they feel that the conservatives will always win round here. Mm. Um, so they feel they don't have to do any canvassing. Um, I don't actually know. And Labour, maybe they feel that they will never win round here. So they don't bother con- uh, canvassing. Uh, well, I mean, they I are. The, they're not that far a- no. away. I think actually if... The Lib Dems and Labour, let's say hypothetically, they amalgamate their votes. I think they would actually beat the Conservatives. We went to this um, this Liberal Democrat uh, meeting, didn't we? And um, I made a copious amount of notes. I feel the need that I should read some of them to you. Just in case anyone's actually listening to this and they did go to the same talk. Yeah. We're not slating it. No, it was actually really was quite good quite and quite informative, informative, wasn't it? Right. So so I'm just going to snip it. I'm not going to start at the beginning or anything. I'm just going to go straight into the middle of what I've written on my notes. Lib Dems being gritty, hands bleeding from leaflet drops. She got very passionate at one point. I thought she was crying, but she was coughing. <laughs> Anthony, something's in the air. Hours drive to get here. Very relaxing in the car. A moronic statement made by the statement, uh, the government. 12-hour queues in Kent. Old people dying in coaches with no food and water. No drugs. NHS leaving as unwelcome. Costs of drugs from 65p to £65. No EU drug price regulations. Doesn't think we will leave. So this was uh, Anthony Hook is the chap who was talking. Now he yeah. is, is it? MEP, he wants to be an MEP, yeah. MEP, yeah, for Southeast. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's a whole load of them. Yeah. But um, he was one for that came and spoke, yeah. and he spoke with Monica. Looked who is... fantastic in her dress. I, you know, I hate <laughs> saying that kind of thing, but she did look lovely yeah. in her dress. 
You did keep mentioning the dress. I it did was very it. I'm nice sorry, it was a nice dress. But uh, he looked great too. You know, I feel that there's that whole element of people shouldn't be judged on what they're wearing. Mm. But I couldn't help it. It's well, obviously so ingrained in us to notice what a woman's wearing. Isn't it like psychologically, if you look good, you're more likely to win a political vote? Well, I think there is, isn't it? People, I mean, if you turned up looking a bit scruffy in mm. a sloppy old jumper people probably wouldn't take you quite so seriously would they is that they would jeremy think corbyn that you could... <laughs> i think it i'll was... have an unkept beard today <laughs> i think it was in the um was it the 60s when was uh kennedy uh, doing his campaigns yep in the 60s yep is it 60s yeah and so television was obviously quite new yeah. Um, so with a lot of radio shows when they were doing their campaigning, yeah. um, a lot of people preferred Nixon because he spoke Was well. he more articulate? More articulate, you know, just a nice voice. Yeah. Anyway, but then when they did the televised debates, because Kennedy had the look, people <laughs> preferred him. Some people will say the reason why he won was because... Because um, him and Jackie looked so good. Yeah, power uh, couple. But anyway. going going back to my notes again, then um, I possibly should put the uh, old people dying in coaches with no food and water, possibly into contents. Yes. Contents, context. Context. Do when I first read out these notes to Keir, we couldn't stop laughing, and we obviously weren't laughing because old people were dying, but we were just laughing at the that actual statement, and it was about Anthony was saying is that the queues that would happen if we leave Brexit because of the having the, all the lorries coming through customs. So something like every, was it every three seconds, he said, ridiculously, or something like that, or every three minutes, a lorry comes through the channel with some kind of goods or goes out, and obviously they would all have to go through customs. And it would just affect everything. And there would be coach loads of people sitting on the motorway dying of thirst. Yeah. We <laughs> Because we don't live in a society where people can carry water, obviously. <laughs> even, like, as he was saying that, I was like, R- you don't really expect us to believe that people are dying, will, will die. I mean, I don't know. Will they? I can't, like I said, I'm, I haven't, you know, researched this stuff. I think, and we're laughing because the idea of it is just so ridiculous. It's it's, it's really... terrifying. It's just kind of third world stuff, isn't it? It is. It's just... There is a photo yeah. of which I will post... <laughs> I will post it on our uh, Instagrams. They they persuade us. So we just went along just to, out of interest sake. It wasn't necessarily because we wanted to say, okay, we're Liberal Democrats or Conservatives or Labour or anything. We, it was just literally for interest sake and for content and the idea of doing something that we hadn't done before so that we could just talk about it and laugh about it. We were encouraged to get up and hold a flag or a banner that said stop Brexit, weren't we? And I stood right at the back and you can't see me in the photo, but Keir's quite tall you and you can me. see him. Yeah. <laughs> just... They did say initially, oh, if you, can all the activists come up on stage? So this was obviously organised by the people who are actively campaigning against Brexit. Um, Well, it's one of their things, isn't it, is that they did say that he doesn't necessarily want to stop Brexit. They just want the people to have 
the last say again before mm. it goes through or it doesn't go through. Yes. Or, or having an MP, uh, sorry, an MEP that will back our corner and actually make light yeah. of it as as opposed to... Farage. Farage. Yeah, because there <laughs> was there was lots that. of... I think I've got lots of notes in here somewhere about Farage as well. It actually says Garage never turns up, but obviously that means Farage. So it says uh, um, Garage never turns up except if his pay is going to be docked. His actions after the referendum were to try and get German passports for his family... Um, EU accounts are signed off and Farage obstructs the EU. Yeah, I don't actually understand my notes anymore. <laughs> there were moments where you were genuinely interested, though. So that's probably it. But there were also lots of very interesting people there because they had like a question and answer session, didn't they? Mm. And I did find that no one actually properly asked a question. So lots of people who were kind of giving opinions of things, <laughs> yeah. but they didn't actually ask a question. And so when the answer bit came in he was you know they were kind of more agreeing mm. with what they were saying and there was a huge amounts of facebook wasn't there about how facebook is really source of all evil um, yeah. as far as political campaigning goes and lies we should talk about theresa may a little bit more and her exit speech yes so i didn't watch it but I do know that she lip trembled and cried a little. Yeah. Well, let's have a listen to it. I have done everything I can to convince MPs to back that deal. Sadly, I have not been able to do so. I tried three times. I believe it was right to persevere, even when the odds against success seemed high. The second female prime minister but certainly not the last. I do so with no ill will, but with enormous and enduring gratitude to have had the opportunity to serve the country I love. She shouldn't have been there in the first place, really. We, the, the country voted to leave, however small the margin was. Someone should have gone in who actually wanted to leave. She never wanted to leave in the first place, mm. so she shouldn't have been the Prime Minister who was trying to negotiate a leaving um deal someone who wanted to leave should be there if boris johnson gets in i think i'm gonna say i will never vote for conservatives i don't think he would i think obviously how many candidates how many people have put themselves there's forward? about eight people there's, isn't there's there eight of them. michael gove as well oh god please no he completely buggered up the education system totally it's his politics that we care about just going back to what i said earlier you know with the whole looks thing a lot of people are saying that one of the reasons that he won't get selected or become prime minister is because he doesn't look fit to run a country no he did there's something he that's, he, there's something weaselly about yes him that's exactly that's what it is quite weaselly, weaselly mm. and makes him look untrustworthy and i think boris you know i mean i used to think he was quite funny and the rest of it and he is a bit of a buffoon but i don't really want someone like that running the country i do want no. someone who looks serious so I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I'm going to say, I think my vote would be with Dominic, but I don't really know what any of their manifestos are. So I couldn't, yeah. I can't make a proper political informed judgment. Esther McPhee is there as well. I just remember her. Didn't she do like children's TV? But a lot of people are saying as well that Boris Johnson probably won't get picked because yeah. the conservative members tend to not pick someone who's got a high profile. So the basis of it is not on how many people like you. 
yeah. but how many people dislike you? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. with Boris Johnson, you know, because he's so divisive, a lot of people will not like him, even though he's quite popular. Dominic um, Robb as well, he made that boo-boo, didn't he, about the English channel not yeah, realising how did. important it was to our economy, which is just a bit stupid, really. Well, it is, but I wouldn't base his whole political knowledge on that one <laughs> blunder. <laughs> Dominic, you just live down the road. Could you come on and have a little just, chat with us? Just before you hit know. number 10. The reason why he could potentially become or is in the running for is because he's the youngest of all the candidates, which could attract younger voters. He's a hard Brexiter in the sense that he will deal with a no deal. So I think his policies, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the best candidate for a no deal situation. So do you think that just because Dominic Raab is our... MP that we have like an obligation to want him to become prime minister or can we just not agree um you know what i think maybe because he is our local mp that makes us feel that we know him a bit better yeah because we see his campaigns i mean he goes into colleges and And I've, i've spoken to him the only person that well there's the only the two that i feel really strongly about and that's boris johnson and michael grove i really yeah michael gove gove did I say Grove? You said Grove, yeah. <laughs> Gove or we'll Gov. Keep, keeping it factual. Gov with an E. But otherwise, you know, I think it's a sad reflection, isn't it, on societies. I don't really care. I just want the whole thing sorted out and just done and finished and we can get on back to normal, boring. I want the stability of, like, the 90s and to early 2000s. It was, like... Politics was so stable then, right? Um, is that a right statement to make, or am I just being foolish? I don't think it's ever been particularly stable. Because if you think about the 90s, we had the Iraqi war, didn't we? You know what? There's so many things that we talk about that I just feel throw up a slight ignorance. It's like you know a little bit about everything, but you don't really know about anything. So I do feel that doing this actually throws up a lot of things that I don't really know a lot about. I know a bit about. Lots mm. of things, but not a lot about anything, really. But yeah, so in the 90s, there was... And then obviously the Balkan Wars, which was... Um, we touched on that with Eurovision, didn't we? Is that the kind of... Um, the the Yugoslavian state. So that happened in what the very, very late 90s, early mm. 2000s. So I don't think there's been... Stabi- I don't think there ever is proper stability. Gordon Brown got in 2007. Yeah, but we didn't vote for Gordon Brown, did we? We didn't. He just, because Tony Blair left, We didn't, didn't vote he? for Theresa May either. No, we didn't. And um, we won't vote for the next And we won't either. vote for the next one. So I actually agree with Jeremy Corbyn. I think we should have another general election. Because the one thing we don't want now is less democracy than we already have. Could you imagine if Boris Johnson does get chosen to be the, um, the Conservative leader, and yeah. then they call for a general election, and he literally, they don't win it, and he's literally there. <laughs> like He'll still be able to say he's PM, won't he? Yeah. Because he would have been it for a little bit. But obviously not good enough to win the people's vote. No, but I mean, I doubt it. The, the alternative is not ideal. When are we yeah. going to get the next Prime Minister? 7th of June? Or is that when well, she's Well, I leaving? think we'll know, we'll know who... Yeah, that's when she resigns. But I think we'll know who the front runner is, really, within the next few weeks, won't we? A couple of weeks. Right, well, actually, well. 7th of June is actually only a couple of weeks away, isn't it? Yeah. So we will know soon. The whole Theresa May with her speech um, 
and getting upset and people feeling sorry for her and sad and this kind of thing kind of brings us on to another serious subject as well. Um, it's been Mental Health Week. It has, And yeah. we have been obviously reading a lot about it this week and there is an article that particularly caught my eye on the BBC website about um, regarding mental health awareness, which is five things that men don't talk about enough. For me, I find it impossible to cry. Like, I cover my emotions with laughter, joking around, being a fool. And well, even when you're by yourself, you can't? I find it so hard, man. I, I can't appear to be weak. So what's it like being a man in 2019? Mental health isn't always the easiest thing to talk about, but we also have a lot of feelings, so we probably should. We've got five men in a room to do just that. This is Man Up. They got um, some sportsmen together to talk about things. So it was just a list. So crying, then there's being the breadwinner, social media gratification, what should be expected of men, and body image. I read the article and I found it quite awful that men don't feel that they can cry. And, and it's really quite sad. I don't know why. Why do we think that men shouldn't be able to cry about things? There's that one chap on there who says, I'll link the article as well. He says on the video that he doesn't, he can't cry because it almost makes him seem weak. But why do we equate crying with weakness? What is it within history that has gone, okay, if you cry, it makes you weak? I suppose because it's like that outburst of all that emotion that if you kept in, you're much stronger. Okay, so surely anger is a equally emotion to portray. So why mm. do we not look at people who get angry and say that's a weakness? We should, because, yeah, again, anger is an outburst of emotions yeah. that should be, or emotions that can be suppressed. Is it also as well is because people don't know how to cope with people who cry? So Possibly. if you start to cry, people very much just kind of think, oh, my God, have I, they immediately think that someone is upset. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I I'm that's... seeing, I see more men now cry. I don't think it's that exclusive to just children and women. You know, I think men are more sensitive now. Wow. I mean, I'm saying this as a 24-year-old, but um, I definitely have seen more men be a bit more sensitive or yeah. be in touch with their emotions. Do you think that we still teach our children as well? If you see a boy cry, it's to go, you know, stop crying, only girls cry. Do we think it's just because throughout, for so long, boys have been kind of socialised into the idea or mm. brainwashed into the idea that they shouldn't be the ones that cry, but girls can cry. It's, I mean, it's interesting as well, because maybe that's why, I, in suicide rates, more men commit suicide than women, um, statistically. And is that just because they don't feel that they can talk to anyone exactly. so and actually I, just cry and say, yeah. you know what, I'm just not doing very well? Yeah, so I mean, I don't know the correlation between that, the two. You know, is it that there are more suicides because men don't, talk about their feelings as much as women do um but it could be and i think the more we talk about it yeah. or the more men talk about their feelings the more accepted it would be within the inverted commas male community my um my husband will cry at films yeah yeah even things like star trek he'll cry at um yeah he doesn't mm. doesn't he he will cry if he needs to cry 
But at night time, when I'm at home by myself, I could just, anything could set me off and I could cry for like half an hour. But I'd be by myself. But there's nothing wrong with it. But do you think then a lot of men maybe do cry, but they just don't admit that they do? And maybe there's a belief that that women do talk to each other all the time and so therefore they have this support network that men don't have so but I don't have that really I mean I have my friends obviously but it's not like I have really deep meaningful conversations with my friends that we all end up crying any more than I would do with my male friends I know but it is you know what guys cry more it's absolutely fine right so the other one was being the breadwinner as in earning the As most money? As in earning the most money so that you can keep the household going. Okay. Now, this is, this is actually an interesting one because traditionally men have always been the breadwinners because once upon a time, the moment a woman married a man, she was no longer allowed to work. And so... Therefore, it will take it takes a long time for those kind of historical things to really change. And it's starting to change. I do have some friends who the husbands actually stay at home and the women, the mums go out and work and they earn, you know, all the money so that the husband can stay at home and look after the kids or whatever. And then obviously I do have lots of friends as well who's both parents, um, you know, both the mum and dad go out to work and it's a an equal relationship there. Mm. But I think that's a historical thing, isn't it? Is that it's been it's been that way for such a long time. And also I think that it it moves into women earning the same amount of money as men and on equal pay and things like that until those things are actually properly sorted out. You know, whoever earns the most pay, they just become the breadwinner. Yeah, and it's 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 still the norm now, yeah. isn't it? It is still the norm yeah. that the man would go out work yeah. and the woman stays home yeah um amongst mom, yeah amongst my her. friends obviously we're all of an age where we have yeah. young or you know teenage kids is that the majority of the husbands the fathers they go out and have the full-time job most of the mums all have jobs too whether it be mm. part-time well generally part-time work as well so they're all we're all doing it but yeah so i mean if you're not the breadwinner as a man I don't think it matters and I think and is that just a male perception as well is that are actually are a lot of these things just how men view other men and so therefore you know is that do you feel that if you're not the breadwinner or if you're crying that it's other men who are judging you rather than society or women possibly or or families as a collective you know I'm thinking God you know Sandra and Tim might think I'm a bit of a slop if I'm not the one that's working or if I'm not the one that's showing emotions or whatever or if I am even so it might be that next door very good friends with yeah you might that some men might be thinking god what if they're judging me because I'm staying at home and my wife is out working you know it's I think it's whatever you think within yourself and however confident you are with yourself what your self-esteem is I think if you have a strong self-confidence and self-belief in you know you're more armed and are able to cope with not bothering what people have to say i think a lot of these not crying um being the breadwinner stems from i mean i'm not a professional but i would imagine it would stem from not being confident confident in yourself yeah yeah to be able to hold that stigma yeah i know that my husband would love me to be the main breadwinner he would love to be able to 
to do all the household things and potter yeah. around the house and do the cleaning and and do the garden and look after the kids and all of those things he would absolutely love that and for me to go out and work full time yeah that would make him happy so the next one was social media gratification. So this is a new thing. So this is big, at least within the last 10 years. But when it says sort of social media gratification, are we talking just how many friends you have? Or are we talking about how many likes you might have on a photo? Some people, well, back when I was at school, um, some friends of mine would say stuff like, oh, well, if I don't get over 20 likes on a photo... I'll have to delete the post because that gratification wasn't there. Yeah. And so they feel that people aren't interested in that particular post, which to them is embarrassing. So they just delete it. So is that sort of the same principle? That if you're not impacting the world that you thought you would through your social media, then it I makes you... It, it says here, how many times do you scroll through Instagram and start comparing yourself to the guy with the six-pack standing on a beach in Bali with his Lamborghini in the background? So that's what it is. It's about image, isn't it? So I think social media gratification is about image. It's about right. are you actually looking like you're having a great time in life and you are doing better than the person who's looking at that and then when you get mm. someone who probably comments saying oh it looks like you're having a great time or oh that looks amazing or your six-pack looks really sick that kind of almost makes me feel like that just comes down to you want to feel that you are better than other people so so once again that comes down to your confidence in yourself mm. is it you know this is the thing i feel be like better than other people I feel like as we're going through the list, it should be people not teaching you to think, to do different things, but to just have a different outlook. That's where, you know, you tackle it from the root. I think yeah. that's where you go first. And yeah. I think if you're having these thoughts, then that's where you should be looking within yeah. yourself. I just, that sound really corny. <laughs> look within yourself before you look. But you know, it is true, to... isn't it? A lot of, you know, or well, maybe that's the whole point of mental health awareness, isn't it? Is to actually make us think about ourselves and how we are portraying ourselves and how that makes us feel less of a person. There's so much about it that you can talk about. Because the other thing about social media is that people can be so nasty. Mental health, it's such a big and diverse subject. There is so many different types of mental health. Just from the simple, well, I say simple, elements of understanding that if you want to cry, you can cry, to looking at social media and how people feel that they need to be better than somebody else but really they're not we're no different from anybody else to then going to the to the bits about you know how people can be nasty on social media and you will look at those comments you might have a thousand comments that say oh this is great and then you'll get one which says you ugly bitch and but that's the one you focus on are you aware of um bobby norris bobby norris is that not a dog no <laughs> So Bobby Norris is a reality TV star, I'm going to say. Recently, he's gone through um, a bit of a rough patch in his life because a lot of people have been bullying him or giving nasty comments online about or homophobic comments. And so he took it upon himself to actually go and campaign against the sort of language online. Mm -mm. Um, I know there have been a few laws before where hateful speech can actually get you what's yeah. a criminal offense yeah but homophobic um comments 
are not. Okay. So he wanted to go ahead and campaign that and take it to Parliament. And one MP, which I can't remember the name of, um, she had helped him do that. She said he needed 100 signatures to get it through. And he did. He got the 100, which was great. But he then got more. He starts getting more and more and more. And now he's sort of campaigning against that to help people who are getting abuse um, on social media. And he made an important comment when he was on Loose Women where he had said... Back in, you know, 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, if you were ever bullied, it would always be so isolated to just being a school. Now, bullying is from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. Yeah. Because it is just everywhere. Mm. Um, And so I do think, yeah, social media has a lot to answer for when it comes to mental health. And I think there needs to be more done, just like as Bobby Norris is doing, to stop that. I don't know as well. I don't know whether these trolls, I don't know whether they're calculated in what they say or whether it's just stupidity stupidity or also spontaneity whether they're just on the computer at the time and that's how they felt i don't think it's calculated in the sense of right i'm today i'm gonna wake up and then i'm gonna post a hate comment to this person yeah i think they just do it out of just being on a thread or just seeing a tweet and also that comes down to not being able to say to actually speak to someone does it because sometimes if if you want to say something about something but it could be slightly nasty when you actually say it it can come across as that not as bad as if you're writing it because you don't know how those the people on the other end are reading it whereas when you're saying it people can view what you're looking like and what you're how you're saying it and and what you you know, and then be able to discuss it with you in a, yeah. it's oh, it's just so complicated. <laughs> I I honestly don't know how you can stop it. Yeah, but I mean, the best thing to do is get get involved in those campaigns to and stop those conversations. hateful speech on and have and to stop hateful speech online. I think that's the best yeah. thing to do. Like, I mean, we're all about freedom of speech, like. Uh, don't get me wrong i think if you want to say something you should be free to say it and we live in that country where we can but there's a difference between free speech and just being hateful for the purpose of causing someone distress harm whatever and i think people should also understand not to use the excuse well it's free speech i can say what i want that's not how free speech works no i i agree with that i agree with that kit it's that you know you do have the ability to say what you want to say and we are lucky as you say that we live in a country where we can say things but you just have to remember that some things that you say can be incredibly disrespectful hurtful upsetting and as humans why are we just not kinder to each other why do we not think i mean that's why we have brains so that we can think yeah before you just launch into some kind of deliberate Mm. you know tirade about things but and yeah I, yeah it comes down to that one thing is just because you can do something doesn't yeah, it doesn't mean, mean to say that you should you should yeah. i could jump off a cliff but i'm not yeah, going to exactly so so, so yeah. yeah so there was a body image yeah. and there's always been men who have been concerned about it and that well, kind actually, of thing. Maybe, but maybe i think even... suddenly it's really it's a big big thing now and even if you yeah. look at television and if you look at films back from you know let's go back to James Bond if you look at how James Bond was in Sean Connery's day to how James Bond is now with Daniel Craig their body 
it's so very different though sean didn't need a six-pack just to go back to the social media side of it i think again this links very well into it i mean i know as well television also has a lot to say on body image but definitely like you say if you're seeing a guy on a beach with his aston martin and he's got a six-pack you kind of think you know why are you driving your aston martin on a beach <laughs> yeah you're gonna get sand all over the seats yeah. the engine's <laughs> gonna completely fail because it's gonna have sand in yeah. it <laughs> but don't you also think people who are more people who good looking people or aesthetically pleasing don't you think they just get more in life and don't you think they just have it slightly easier i but i think they always have done and i think that just comes down to how we are made isn't Mm. it how our brain works is that we find things that are aesthetically pleasing we enjoy far more Mm. um again this is going back to that kennedy nixon thing that we had yeah where you know people were more likely to vote for kennedy because he looked yeah so i think again that's why body image is such a, an issue for people because it's you can so easily see people who are good looking and say you know perfect in every way inverted commas again how it looks like that they're getting everything that they ever want just through the basis of what they look like and i yeah. think again that's why a lot of people tend to have those um, mental health issues mental health it. issues towards it yeah because there is a certain level of unjust yeah. unfairness um because you know, you can't you can't help the way you look. Of course, you can cover this up. You can tuck that in. You can maybe that but. is something that would be interesting to actually actually teach in schools is to show young people how you create a false image online for social media. Mm. I mean, the very first picture it it takes you know a hundred shots to get that perfect shot, and you see parodies of that actually in films or on YouTube and things like that, yeah. don't you? Laughing at, at young girls who are kind of... I think there was one in, in the Jumanji film. I think <laughs> I watched that the other day with my kids and there's a girl in that who's lying on the sofa and she's moving everything around and moving her hair and mm. taking about 20 or 30 shots and then she kind of hashtag just got up. You know, <laughs> where we could see she's obviously not just got up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe maybe that is something yeah. to show that. And also people who have bodies like this, right, um, they work so hard yeah. to have bodies like that. And the rest of us who don't have bodies like that, we should just go, you know what? I'm not prepared to work that hard it is a lot, to have yeah. a body like that. So because it doesn't interest me enough. No. Um, And I I think maybe that's the thing that young people need to kind of, they shouldn't judge themselves on how they look Mm. or how they're not looking because it takes a lot of work to actually look that good all the time. And frankly, so many people have got so many other things that are so much more important to Mm -hmm. be doing. Like this podcast. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, we could have been down the gym for five hours, but instead we've been stuck in my little study. (laughs) Talking. Chatting. to the world yeah, yeah. <laughs> also just you a know? bit of a tangent why is it that when good looking people die people say oh it's such a way such a shame such a good looking well, boy that's or such because... good... but then if an ugly chap passes away everyone's like oh it's so sad is that why right. is it always a waste when a, a good looking person dies it really irritates me it's always when you're on the news when you hear you know 
oh, she was such a pretty girl, what a waste, or oh, he was such a handsome chap, what a waste. Maybe, once again, that's because society puts being aesthetically good-looking, there is a value on that, whereas, you know, someone who's unattractive, they might have a brilliant mind, but that value is not quite... As expensive, yeah. <laughs> as I get that. someone who's attractive, like obviously what I'm saying, because is... we all like pretty things, yeah, isn't it? We we are we are drawn to pretty things. We like pretty things, mm. and that's the same with people. Yeah, like obviously what I'm saying is that I don't think one person, a good-looking person's death, means more than no, it doesn't because it doesn't. I think you know, yeah. But in my but in, in in media especially, well, because we've lost a pretty thing, haven't we've we? Lost a pretty rather thing. than a brilliant mind. Yeah. See, that's all. That's also the other thing, isn't it? Is that when you see an attractive person, you never think that they're intelligent, no. and that's really quite a shame. And I do actually feel for people who are attractive and who are intelligent. That yeah. must be. I, I like how blessed do you have to be if you're both exceptionally stunning and out of worldly clever well i mean you just have to look at me don't you care <laughs> i i am both things i've got you right here I'm i don't know what i'm looking at i'm literally drop dead gorgeous so yeah so ladies and gents just go out there and find the one who makes you laugh yeah be your own beautiful regardless yeah yeah so i think for this episode obviously we've talked a lot about politics um get involved i mean Cheryl and i did get involved slightly it did change my perspective on politics well when um, we went to the liberal democrat yeah yeah but yeah get involved in politics get involved in your local politics you don't have to be like a national activist that you know protesting every day you know just going to your local hall and seeing what people have to say is actually quite eye-opening and yeah and, and actually interesting. quite interesting and yeah. and People do want to talk about what they do. Mm. So find your local councillor and just talk to them about what goes on as well and what they do. Exactly. And Um, uh, on top of that... That'll make us all more kind of feel like, you know, you're part of of making the decisions. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of people don't vote because they don't feel it has much weight. Yeah, well, in fact, you all do. Yeah, exactly. Every single one makes a difference. And um, on top of that as well, um, Mental Health Week. Um, yeah, talk about your emotions. You know, if you're feeling down, talk to someone. If you can't talk to someone... Talk to us. <laughs> talk to us. We have got a um, an email address. Justofflondon at gmail.com. Yeah, so send us a message. Yeah. And um, we'll try our very best to be as professional as we can. <laughs> if you need advice... Let us know. Again, Cheryl's a mum. She's been through it. Yeah, we're going through different stages of our life at the moment. Yeah. So, you know, we we have a whole plethora. Is plethora. that a word? Plethora, plethora. Of experience that we can draw upon. So, yeah, again, it is Mental Health Week. So just be a bit more wary about the people, the things that you say. And, um, yeah. and just be think kind. About, and be kind, yeah. And, and just think about that. Other people are going through a different journey in life that might not yeah. be the same as yeah. yours. So yeah. um, I like to feel, I'm just going to add a l- another little bit here. Is yeah. that, um, So I cycle to work every day. And on my way to work, I go past one of the um, uh, train station that's quite busy. Lots of very tired, sad looking people walking past me. And um, I like to smile at everyone. I do. And I feel that it just 
brightens up their day a little bit, whether or not they think, oh, she just smiled, she must be happy, or they think, mad person smiling at me. (laughs) It just brightens someone's day, so just smile. Perfect. And on that note, I think we should uh, end it there. So thank you for listening, and once again, like, subscribe, comment, leave us some stars, whatever you can do on your podcast platform, and speak to you next week yeah and hit us up on social media we are on instagram twitter facebook all the above um so yeah that'd be perfect take care thank you bye bye